Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to yet another episode of The Toss. I am your host, Najee or Jahan, whatever you want to call me. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, tennis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is somewhat of a therapeutic episode of sorts, you can call it, an emergency episode, but, um, there's definitely a lot to unpack here. Um, pretty much the focus is yesterday's women's final. If you haven't seen or heard it by now, uh, Serena in Osaka, a lot was going on, a lot of layers, a lot of layers to, um, unpack and discuss, so... That's what we're here for, um, you know, tonight is the night to just sound off, say what you want to say, and keep it pushing, that's what all we can do, um, so yeah, let's do this, we'll have a few, hopefully, a few, um, callers, saying what they want to say, anybody, again, this is an open forum to anybody who wants to speak, whether you be yay or nay, whatever your opinion is, you're more than welcome, I just ask that you're fair, again, fair, and you stick to the facts. And we all have our opinions, but, you know, don't bring any rah-rah out here, okay? Let's let's do right. Let's make an effort to do right. So, again, the lines are open. We're going to see what happens, and here we go. And welcome to our first segment of the toss tonight. On our first segment, we have Quasi joining me all the way from Italy. The toss is now international on you hoes. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for. I know it's what time is it over there? It's uh, one a.m. One thirty a.m. Yes, honey. Uh, yes. Well, thank you for joining me. This is the toss after dark for you. Thank yes. you. <laughs> for joining me, so can you, you know every time I talk to you, I ask you gotta say something in Italian. For now, okay. you gotta say something for the Italian folk. Can you give me just a few? Uh, okay, uh, buongiorno. Uh, sono davvero contento di partecipare in questo podcast. The toast, vero? Okay. Sono davvero contento e spero che la mia voce sia abbastanza buona e che vi piace. Ok, done. <laughs> Ooh, you are <old> sly dog. <laughs> yes, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, oh that's it. So, obviously, <laughs> if you're calling here, you're talking about Serena Osaka, okay? That's the focus. Okay. That's the sport. This is what we're here to do. The U.S. Open, okay. I guess, will come at some point. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> right now. We're here to address the issues and the issues okay. Serena Williams, as usual, that, that, and, you know, but pretty much the whole final itself from top to bottom had a lot going on. There were a lot of layers, a lot yes. to discuss. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess just the simple question, what, what were your thoughts, your takeaways from this final between Naomi and Serena? 
Okay, first, uh, wow, uh, it was tough. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting Naomi to come like this bold. She was ready, confidence. I mean, I wasn't expecting it at at all. And Serena was no, I mean, nervous. I think. She, uh, herself was really, really bad. Uh, um, I mean, I was really, really... Uh, I was cursing everybody here because of herself. It was really, really bad. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> tennis... Okay, yeah, we'll start with tennis. Tennis-wise, um, first set, you know, before anything happened was just the tennis and... and <laughs> Naomi played brilliant. I mean, she did everything you needed to do to beat. Yes, yes. Williams in a Grand Slam final. Her game was yes. fast. cylinders. Her serve. I mean, she was, man. I mean, just placing it. I mean, hitting all four <laughs> corners. That's just. I mean, it was really just a flawless performance. She she was swinging just what no fear, as if she she was so calm. As if she played yeah. before, and you know we don't see that a lot of times with first time finalists. Um, typically, exactly. you know the occasion has a tendency to overwhelm some, but she really embraced it, and you know you could she she belonged there, and she knew that, and um, yeah. you know we have to give her those props for that. So we fast forward through that first set, you know, second set early on, Serena's slowly but surely <laughs> starting to show signs of coming alive, you know, rallying more, getting into more of the points. Um, some of the points started to become a little bit more extended. She started slight, you know, the aggression turned up a bit. Serve still misfiring, but still was able to, you know, get the first, excuse me, the first serve percentage a bit higher. So we get to, she's now 3-4 in the second set. Yes, uh, the moment. Yes, well, first of all, let's backtrack a little bit because things that happened before then. So first, um, how did you feel about her giving, being given the warning by Carlos Ramos for the coaching? Coaching. For, uh... I wasn't really aware of that until the commentators they actually said it like two minutes later that she received a warning. So, uh, in my in my opinion, Patrick was wrong, like always. <laughs> he was wrong. Definitely <laughs> wrong. And, and you know and. I'm pretty sure that Serena wasn't even looking at him that moment. So, in the warning, I don't know. I, I think, but you know, it was a warning or it was a a code violation first. It was a warning. Um, yeah. Well, the warning was the warning. I think there was a confusion between, you know, like you said, the warning and the code violation. But in that warning, I'm assuming the code violation was issued. Although she she had went to the empire and said, basically, you know, I don't do that. Don't you know, la la la. And but then her first plea was, right. don't do that. You don't know. And she left it alone. But I don't think that she was aware that she received a code violation for <laughs> right, right, yes. And you know, typically they give soft warnings, but yes. And so I think yeah. the warning and the code violation being all tied into one was the confusing part for a lot of people. So yes, um, yeah, that was a bit that was a bit strange. So then, okay, um, after that, you know, she breaks a racket, as we saw. So she's yeah. given 
the point penalty. Mm-hmm. Now, at that point, I think she – I don't think she was – again, she wasn't aware of her receiving the actual violation for her um, – for the coaching. So, again, yeah. after she scored the racket, she continued to lay into Ramos about the coaching. So, how did you – yeah, and she lost a point over there because no, he gave Osaka 15 love. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. And, and, and that really, like, she went mad over there because she, she went crazy over there because she wasn't aware of the code violation for the coaching. Yes. That's how I saw it. In the, right. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think, you know, it just wasn't really clear what for people who yes. follow and know the rules. Shout out to those who actually know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> for those of us who knew what was going on, you know, you kind of sensed it was coming. Especially when she brought the racket, I pretty much knew that it was going to be a penalty. Um, but she, so even through that, you know, she plays again. And then she uh-huh. continues on that changeover at 3-4 to lay into Carlos. And uh, <laughs> Yes. So she gets back to the line, and then he announces, you know, game Osaka, a cold violation. Uh, oh, yes. How did you feel about that one? The Latin, which was probably the biggest out of all three, that was the one that really just kind of rocked the boat. So how did you feel about that one? I think that uh, it was uh, unnecessary. Uh, uh, he put his feelings into, like, he put himself into the match. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't needed that much because it was like you were so Fano. I mean, like she she called him a, a liar and a thief, and, and he went crazy. But he was like, oh, like he wasn't needed that moment. You could have just closed one eye. I would say, like <laughs> on that thing. I mean, yeah, he um. He, he, yes. <laughs> I have thoughts on the, the whole situation, which will be discussed at the end of the show. But yes, he definitely, it was definitely undertones there. There were, there was, there was an energy there. Man, like I said at the top, there's a lot to dissect here. There was a lot going on. There were a lot of subplots within that match that were happening on court, off court, you know, and off court. And, and the, excuse me, and the umpire's chair in the stands, it was just a lot. It was a lot, a lot, a lot. But, uh, yeah, so she's, you know, um, Naomi Osaka is our... And, and, and I think, uh, wait a minute, I think this was uh, his first funnel, uh, woman funnel. I, if I recall, yes, that's true, too. So, so you know, so maybe he was also under pressure. So he was trying to... Impose the rules and try to be tough. Yeah, Um, it definitely seemed like he was trying to reestablish control of the situation, Um, and that that is strictly based off of the context of what was going on at that time. It just felt as though he was like. I have to take control of this match. Um, I don't. Yes. Power trip is a powerful, <laughs> no pun intended, double on top, um, to use power trip. But he had, I think he felt a little slighted and embarrassed in that moment. Would you agree that you just felt like 
you know, this woman. And again, let's be clear, you know, I'm not his ethnicity. I, I believe he's from Europe. Um, you know, over there, there still is a lot of he's Spanish. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And you're from over there. What am I talking about? You can yeah. see it. Is there still a um, you know, yes, the yes, man, yes. the man versus the woman. Um, what are the roles like over there for you guys? For you, yes. how does that work? Yes, especially. I also think that like is she being a black woman like that, like talking to him like that. Even here, like at my job, like like they they have a certain way of talking to to me that like, is like different, like talking to the other white boys or white employees. Yeah, they have a different way of talking. Their voice are uh, a, a, a little bit hard, uh, 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 higher. Like so, she being like a black woman, like yelling at him like that in front of all those people. I think he felt like he have to show some power or something. Also, um, he felt the need to dominate, which is. Yeah. Um, a common theme um just amongst i'm not even going to label that to one race of men but just men in general we feel this need to in general, a situation so that's true. um you know we just needed to really hone in on that um yeah so um you know once after that, yeah, it was just, it was like I said, a lot was going on in that, um, the entire match. Um, it was just a lot. <laughs> but, um, you know, she, at the end of the day, Naomi is the winner. She's the champion. I think we have to keep side of that. As I said, it's a little unfortunate that she'll have to kind of, yeah. you know, this will always overshadow her win. Uh, yeah, it'll be. And that's. Go ahead. Yeah, definitely. Uh, even right here, like, like uh, uh, all the news in the newspaper, like they, they didn't mention her name, but it was like Serena and Carlos and Serena and Carlos. So now I feel sorry for, 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 for her because this was her first Grand Slam like title, and you know, she did everything right, like the confidence she came in, all the shot, the set was amazing. Like I. I I usually don't watch her matches, so I was very surprised by <laughs> everything that was going on. I was very surprised by everything that was going on. Mm. I was shook. Like, I was like, wow. <laughs> like, she really, like, she, she really that girl. Like, she's really like, doing her thing right now. Like, I was very, very surprised. So, you know, uh, it's very unfortunate that like, Carlos trying to be the star of the... <laughs> yeah. So. And I think... Um... I think everybody was surprised. Fans, Serena, everybody, and Naomi. Everybody. I don't think anybody expected her. We know she can play well. I just don't know if anybody expected her to play that well. Yeah, um, me like yeah. She, <laughs> she did it all. I don't. You know, she just she really honed in. She, um, you know, like I said, it was just a calm, collective performance. Even after the controversy, especially because she's been so transparent about her issues with anxiety, I was thinking maybe this will kind of rattle her a bit. But she stayed steady. Yes, I remember. Like she self, uh, I think it was like ace or a on return self, and then 
she screamed, come on. After the, <laughs> after the whole controversy, I was like, again, I was surprised about all this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she getting a fan. I mean, like, I love Serena to the but like, I wasn't that sad <laughs> after mm. after the match because, like, she did her thing. It, it wasn't like someone that, that, like, gave her the, the trophy, like Wimbledon, because now Wimbledon Kerber did nothing. In my opinion, <laughs> she did nothing. And, but Zaka mm. did everything right. The self, saving great points with Ace. I mean, you can, yes, I mean, just, you can just clap for her for, for like, uh, everything she did on the yeah, she was brilliant. She was brilliant. And I think we just, at the end of the day, we have to give her that respect and that she did what needed to be done on her end. Everything aside, she, you know, that was impressive for a for a first Grand Slam showing against her idol and the greatest of all time. Definitely yes. well-earned uh, earned victory. Um, you know, there's, you know, people can say, you know, there's all you always wonder. Well, I wonder what happened if she didn't get this game. But, you know, st- strictly speaking, Naomi, yeah. congrats to you, girl. You did your thing. Yes, 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 yes. So, um, now we move on. So, the, for this last part, I guess I just want to ask you so, where do you think Serena goes from here? So, she's scheduled to play Beijing. Um, that's our next scheduled event. Do you think if you're Serena or if you're a part of her team, you know, and you sit down to have that conversation about the rest of the year, do you pull the plug on the rest of the year or do you honor, you know, the commitment you made to Beijing? Where, where would, what do you think is best? I guess, what would you advise her to do if you were in that position to advise her? Okay. Uh, she needs matches. I think matches. So Benji definitely like, but you know, knowing Serena, I don't think that she's taking Olympia and Alexis over <laughs> like China like that. So I, I, I think the season is over right now. Like she will see like her mind right now. I think is. In Melbourne, like direct, like right now, I think she's thinking about Australian Open, you know, yeah, how to come back and improve herself in the Grand Slam again. Yes, yes, I agree with all that. I think she needs matches, but um, you know, I think she needs to take care of Serena first, so um. I saw some things in that final that may that led me to believe that she may not be in the best place mentally speaking. So, um, if not, I would encourage her to withdraw as she's done. You know, for the past few years when she's been able to play, she pretty much has pulled the plug after the U.S. Open. And if that's what she needs to do, you know, she knows. You know, she knows the winning formula better than anybody to ever who has ever played the game. <laughs> Yes. Do do what you need to do so that you can get where you need to be. Definitely. Yes. Well, again, I thank you so much for staying up on the late end again over there in good old Italy. Um, 
Yes. And so, this was good. This was really, really good. Let's do this again, like next time. This was good. Yes. It was my first time. I was very like hey, I'm not used to the like it was my first time, so I was very you know like nervous a little bit, but I liked it. It was, it was amazing. You don't have to, you know. It's not. As, I think it's not as bad as it may seem. Yes. <laughs> I think when people start talking, once you get through that first minute, it's just like, okay. You know, yes. Yeah. You know? So yes, but thank you for your time. I know it's um, hard after a loss like that to kind of you know <laughs> gather your thoughts and be able to talk about it immediately, pretty much immediately after. So I thank you for that, and oh, I would love to have you again anytime you want to come on. You are more than welcome. Okay. Thank you. Ciao. What's up, what's up, Dire? See, ciao. <laughs> yes, ciao. Adios. Thank you. Okay, so our next, our next segment, yes, our next segment is coming up after this brief intermission. Good evening and welcome to our third segment of the toss. Um, we have returning from last week, my good tennis pundit, Ty. How are you doing this evening? What's you? I'm good. I'm good. As good as I can be. I'm still processing, but that's a part of the process. Yes. 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 So, there was a tennis match yesterday. I don't know if you were aware. Um, match yes. a spectacle, yes. <laughs> well, talk about it. Spectacle. So, um, basically, how what, what did you think, Serena Osaka, from top to bottom? What did you think? Um, I was not ready for what happened yesterday at all. Um, I think from top to bottom, right? So, going all the way through, I think first off, you have to give Naomi credit. And I think that's one of the things that's getting lost with everything that um, she's not getting the credit that she deserves right now. Um, she served well. I mean, she, well, she done got broken once since like the last set of the quarterfinals. Um, she was aggressive. And I think the most impressive thing she did was stay strong mentally. Um, she didn't let the pressure of her first Grand Slam final get to her. She didn't show Idol and Serena get to her. Um, and then when you think about all that went on, particularly in that second set, she didn't let any of that make her lose focus as well. So you have to give her her credit, um, I think, first off. Um, after that, I think with Serena, if, we, if I want to talk about a play first, she came out pretty tight. Um, I think she fought through that first game, hell, sir. But after that, you can tell – her serve wasn't on par as it seemed like that's been a um being consistent for her lately. For some reason she gets to the finals and she's not serving as well. Probably like, you know, just nervous pressure because she always chasing history. But her serve wasn't as um top tier like it had been. She wasn't moving her feet and reacting as quickly as she had against what like Venus and Kanepi and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I honestly, I can't say she would have came back and won that match. Um, she has won a lot of matches like that, not necessarily in finals. She hasn't necessarily done that in finals. Um, came back from a set in a breakdown. Um, I don't even think she's won a final when she lost first set, except like twice. Um, but 
she has done that in a lot of other matches. So you never know what would have happened. Um, but then all that mess happened that should not have happened. Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, that's pretty much the big picture um, of the match was that sequence of events that occurred in the second set. So, so I guess, where did, where did you stand on um, the three code violations and how it ultimately resulted in her being docked the game? What, 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 what were your takeaways on that? Yeah. Um, definitely with the first one, the coaching, um, regardless if she didn't see Patrick or not, um, he shouldn't have done that. Right. Um, so I can see why that code violation was given. Um, and I also think with with him giving the interview while the match was still going on and admitting that he did it, that he was trying to coach her, I don't think would help that as help that at all. I do believe Serena though, when she said that she thought that he was giving her a thumbs up, um, because she said that she said that on the court right when um the umpire gave her the um the coaching violation, and she said it again in the press conference. And she looked really shocked when she learned about the Patrick thing, uh, Patrick admitting to it. So the coaching violation, I understand, and I think that was a valid violation or warning given to Serena, not though it was her fault, which I think that was one of the things that was catching her up because she was like, she was trying to emphasize that she wasn't cheating because, you know, They've been trying her like that, her and Venus like that for years, trying to say they were cheating. Um, so she wanted to emphasize that. Um, but the racket, uh, I, I don't know. She, they've got violations before for breaking their racket. I actually just went back and watched this video before I called in, and. He waited so late before he even gave her that racket violation. I don't know if y'all noticed that, but he called the score. He said, game, Osaka, Williams lead 3-2, all that. Then when it sat down, then he called the racket violation. Like It was so much time in between when she smashed that racket to when he called the violation that I almost that didn't even make sense to me that he waited that long to even address it. Um, and then the the third one, the game penalty, that was ridiculous. Um, I I just don't even know what to say about that. Um, when you think about how him and Serena had already talked before, when he gave her the coaching violation, and then talked again, there's a I feel like there's a responsibility on the chair umpire to say like. Like what's what would happen next, or where that the player stands in that moment after that, and if they get another warning, and like a lot of the talking heads been saying, like they usually tell the men that hey, you know, next time it's gonna be a point, or they have that dialogue with the men players, and he didn't do that with Serena at all, and those was just two really bad judgment calls in a really important match. Indeed, um, you know, great point that you brought up about the time that it took for him to call the um, racket abuse. Um, the racket abuse was that the racket abuse? Yeah, because she had yeah, the and then she that was game and it was changeovers. 
But like you said, you rolled the tape back and he didn't say anything about it. I think that was where the confusion was on her end when she got Dr. Gang because she was like, what exactly was I being warned for? And earlier, remember, when she had got the code violation for coaching, I think she was under the impression that it was a warning, not a code violation. So she went to him and said, you know, I don't I do not do that, la, la, la. And then after, remember, she went back after the... Um, after the records match, she back, she went back, but when she sat down the chair, she was still going in about the coaching violation, not so much the record. <laughs> so I don't think she was necessarily aware that she had. I think she thought that that was a warning, not necessarily a code violation. Um, and if you notice, he also waited until after she went, when she called him a thief. She went back to the baseline, everything getting ready to serve, and then he called the um, the third mm-hmm. violation, which docked her the game. So it was just kind of like, wow, like, you know, like you said, the timing of it makes it seem like you were waiting, you know, trying to decide. And you he had decided that maybe his, you know, his pride and ego was hurt. And so he felt like he had to regain control again. And that's what, you know, that was the action that he felt necessary. Um, but it, it like you say, it was nothing short of shocking. Um, it, I mean, again, it just... Um, you, you you just you just can't you just can't make that call in a grand slam final. I understand um, rules are rules, and I, I'm not mad about the rules being enforced. The rules are in place for a reason. I understand yeah. that, that yeah. but you have to use your discretion as a chair umpire to say, you know, these two players are competing at the highest level. And for for one of the most covenant titles in tennis, so mm-hmm. you have to give them room to be frustrated because they've earned that right through six matches. They've earned the right to be here. They've earned the right to be a little testy if a call doesn't go their way, or if you know there's frustrations being in it, it, it as it should be. As as any competitor will tell you, if you want it, you know there's going to be frustrations, but you just kind of mm-hmm. have to be able to you know let things go and in a sense. Not to say he should be subject to abuse. I'm not saying that. However, you have yeah. to understand why this abuse is coming. It's not personal. It's because of the stress of the environment and the situation at hand. And I feel like he failed to use his um, discretion in those moments like he need, like he really ought to have. And um, I think that's where the ball was dropped. You know, again, I'm not arguing the rules. The rules are the rules. That's that, you know, the racket smash, fine. But the coaching, eh, you know, yeah. But that third one, I think, was the straw that broke the camel's back for pretty much everybody. That yeah. game was the one that was just like, okay, this is really going too far. Um, you know, but yeah, it's, you know. Um, I just don't get why he wouldn't. Because he, there was multiple times they had dialogues, even after the coaching thing, on that change over, they had a really pleasant conversation when she was just reaffirming like I she was saying how I know how that might have seemed like that to you but I just want to let you know that it was not coaching we don't have signals and I can understand how you see that and they both was like saying I'm sorry to each other and during those times he should have I felt like it's his responsibility to say like I understand that Serena but I'm having to give you this so no if something else happens it will result in the point penalty um, or something like that. And I just think he failed to explain what he was doing. Um, even to the crowd. Like, I felt like he failed to explain that to the crowd. 
And I think even another bigger issue that the U.S. Open got is it made no sense that the players can't hear what the chair umpire is saying in the microphone. Um, and it obviously was happening because you can see on the video, every time he announced all those things, there was never any reaction from the players until moments later because they weren't hearing it, um, and which I think is wild that that I don't know if it's like the acoustics of the building now that it got the roof or what, but that's wild that the players can't even hear what he's announcing like that. Indeed. Um, and that was just the theme, I think, of this U.S. Open. Just the crowd was out of control more often than not. Um, just rowdy. An umpire, I, I, I empathize with them because you can only do so much. I mean, I can tell you to be yeah. quiet, but I can't make you be quiet, you know. And it's just they get a lot, they get a bad rap for that. But you know, I can, I can just keep, you know, putting, hey, ladies and gentlemen, please quiet down. But I think we saw. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the Keys Osaka semifinal, but um, the crowd was off. I mean, it was. I'm just like, y'all have no regards for the sport. I mean, just full conversations, loud, laughing. You know, I know it was later. They was a little bit rowdy. It was the second semifinal. I'm sure the drinks were flowing. You know, people feeling good. I get it. But, um, you know, they were just the whole, you know, it just, it was it was a circus, which is really what this whole U.S. Open has been, a circus. So, yeah. uh, it just added to it. Yeah. Can I tell you one of the other things that bothered me the most yesterday? So it was after the match when they had, when you know, when they get back, when Chris McKendry bring them back and they have like the panel and they was talking stuff. And it was Chris McKendry, Chrissy Everett, Mary Jo. It was another white man. I can't remember his name. He the one that he always be on the outside courts commentating. Um, <laughs> I can't think of his name right now, but it upset me so much that in their conversation, they started talking about Serena's tone. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't this is a good look with these four privileged individuals with these privileged identities standing up, standing up there talking about Serena, a black woman's and her tone um, that she was having as indication of almost in a manner that was justifying what, what she got. Um, justifying those penalties that she received, that her tone wasn't appropriate enough. And I just, I think that even the fact that they used that word and talked about her tone just pissed me off a lot more because I don't think that was appropriate at all. Yeah, it, um, it, you know, there's a there's there's micro and those are what we go back to the microaggressions that yeah. are constantly. But when you reference tone, um, like when Ben Rothenberg did earlier this year when he tried to call her testy in Indian Wells, when and then that video oh, came out and there was no, she was calm as I mean, just calm, cool, and collected, composed mm-hmm. through the question which she had every right to be testy about. But she chose to just say, <laughs> you know, kind of just shrug it off and say, no, la la la. She was relaxed, la la la. But see, when you there, there's there's intent there, and see when you again, like as you said, when you guys use these words, the language is very direct and it's coded, and you're aware yeah. 
masculine because you never use these words with anybody else. And that's my thing. If, if this was a constant thing that y'all, it was consistent across the board with all players. Okay, fine. This is what y'all do. But no, 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 no. You you have Coco Vandeweghe, who y'all have called. I mean, through the 2017 Australian Open when she had her run, she was called bold, brawn, brave, mm-hmm. you know, just rowdy. The kind of sassy, sassy was the word they love to use to describe her. When mm-hmm. her encore persona is no different than Serena's in the sense of they're both passionate. You know, when they're pissed, they're pissed, they crack rackets, but you can kind of laugh it off of Coco and just chalk it up to her passion for the game. But when, again, Serena does these things, there's a different there's a different conversation, there's a different energy and that they put out there, but it is, it is truly intentional. And that's the issue that they yeah. they just don't seem to understand. But they they but I know that they're aware of it because again they only do it for Serena and nobody else. So yeah. that's the issue, you know. Um, just the way. And I'm, yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I really like that you um, brought that Indian Wales press conference back up as well uh, because that question was regarding to when those people leaked, um, someone had had the system and leaked their medical records, right? So it right. Um, leaked, like, the when she got those approvals for some medications, when she was, like, sick, was it the 2015 French Open final? Yeah. Um, she was sick that whole tournament. And so I think that's also another thing where I feel like people are um, – like Serena's response, people are thinking that's just from yesterday, but that her response wasn't just from yesterday. It was from built up of years, particularly that at the U.S. Open and the fact that every time you turn around, they're trying to insinuate that she is doing something to get over or have an advantage or do some type of cheating. cheating. So even the fact that that reporter asked her that question in the interview at Indian Wells, her first match back, or when you are testing her more times than you're testing anybody else, when she's barely playing, um, or even going as far back as when they used to say that um, her and Venus used to plan who, that Richard used to plan who was going to win before they go out there. Like this stuff has been happening to them since they came on the, came on the scene. And at what point, like, do we have, she has to just keep being strong and not respond. You know, even if the great champion that she is, she is. And so when that come out yesterday about that stuff, like that's why you can hear her voice. Like you gonna accuse her of cheating again when that's like what she's never done. While the people who have cheated in this sport, the welcome and the warmth that they get um, is ridiculous. I just. It just hurt hurts me for them that they still have to deal with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I had, um, you know, I had tweeted out in that in my 18 years as a fan of tennis, of Venus, knowing who Venus and Serena are, particularly obviously Serena in this case, it was that was the most uncomfortable match I've had to watch. And think about it, we've seen the 2003 French Open semifinal, we've seen the 2004 yeah. U.S. Open quarterfinal we've seen the 2007 um miami third round against safarova where she was literally being called a nigger on court by a heckler we this this is not this is not our again this is not our first time at the rodeo so 
when people want to say, you know, she created this thing. Well, no, because this is in consistency of what has happened before. This is not an isolated incident. This is just a yeah. continuation. Why 20 years later are we still talking about the same issues that were issues at 2001 in Indian Wells? Again, the French Open 2003. All those matches I just referenced. These are the, yeah. the, the tones are so powerful and are so clear and you have to acknowledge that whether you like her or not and if you can't acknowledge that then you need to come into terms with your own issues that you have with Serena as who she is for you know you don't I'm not you don't have to like her that's fine but right is right is wrong right excuse me right is right and wrong is wrong all right quoting Venus (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) yes (laughs) but uh you know, we just, just y'all not gonna tell her how to feel. That's all. one thing I don't appreciate. Just unlike yeah. people, people feel this need to dominate and dictate how you can feel, how you can react. When people die, there's this thing of, oh, now everybody's sad. Well, it's sad when somebody passes away because that was a loved one of somebody. Why can't you identify with that? Why does it have to be, you know, y'all mm-hmm. didn't know? Do I have to know somebody to have a heart to be compassionate? I think that, you know, that's that's pretty ludicrous in itself, but that's a discussion, you know. I don't want to tell off point, but that's a discussion for another <laughs> show. <laughs> but yes, so uh, you know, but she will, you know. So going here on out, what are you thinking? Um, she's in Beijing for the rest of the year. Um, excuse me, she's entered in Beijing still. So do, would you, if you're her, do you continue to go on to Beijing, or do you pull the plug and just kind of get ready for Australia 2019? What, what do you think? Um. I don't think Serena's going to play. I mean, when was the last time Serena played after the U.S. Open? Probably like 2014, maybe. Um, I would be shocked if she go. Um, I think for her, something – I think by this time, like reaching the Wimbledon final, reaching U.S. Open final, she's gotten enough matches. I think I will see her playing like Auckland or something like that, getting ready for the Australia Open again. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Who um, knows? Yeah. Can I say two things that I think that I – two good things that I took away, which it was hard to take something good away. But the first is what kind of person that it took for Serena to try to get give that moment to Naomi – by like telling the crowd to stop booing and all of that during the trophy ceremony. That was really big. And I was like really impressed with her composure and like her leadership in that moment. Um, because I can't imagine like being in that where this the umpteen time you done got cheated on that particular court. Um, but she tried to get that moment to Osaka. Um, and I really thought it was big when she said that. And her um, speech at the end of the press conference. Uh, I put those two together. And I think the other thing that I'm I'm happy to see that I was telling someone was the crowd support. Because I remember a time where even in New York on Arthur Ashe Stadium, Venus and Serena wouldn't have the support of the crowd. Um, And so for them to have that now, um, I thought that that was really nice to see um, that they have to support the crowd in that venue. Yeah. Um, You know, it's been a slippery slope with the crowd, crowds across the globe for them, but particularly at the U.S. Open of all places where you 
think they'd be embraced. Um, definitely, these past few years, they've been embraced more everywhere, including the U.S. Open. But, um, yeah. you know, you just – all we can – we just we – just, <laughs> we've seen this story before. Again, this isn't our first rodeo. Those of us who who have followed the sport for years – um, understand what what re- really went on, so that's why it's just you know shocking, not really, but disappointing, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Well, last but, time what after t- last time something bad like that happened at you last like, two thousand nine she went on and won Australia Open in Wimbledon in two thousand ten. Um, and after the bad incident in 2011, she went on and won Wimbledon and the U.S. Open and the Olympics in 2012. So, you know, it might be some good omens, at least in the future, on because of how she usually bounces back from these type of things. Absolutely. And if we, um, again, if we know anything about her, these losses feel her like no other. Mm-hmm. So back and again, she will be better than ever. I have no doubt about that. Not a doubt in my mind. So yeah. that that on that. But I thank you again for taking the time to call in again and um shooting the shot with me, giving your giving your opinion and you know how things played out. And um, you know, we again, Serena. You'll be back, Naomi. Congratulations on a just you know a, such an achievement, really kind of out of nowhere. She had that momentum earlier this year in Indian Wells. Um, I don't think anybody expected her to win the tournament, let alone play as well as she did in the final. So she mm-hmm. really, for her to be twenty, that was that was that was that was solid. That was great. That was excellent. Mm-hmm. That was a champion's performance. So congrats again to Naomi. But I thank you again for joining me. I appreciate you having me. Yes, I love having you all. Um, And I look forward to our next time. So um, we're about to transition into our final segment of the toss after this very, very brief, again, another brief intermission, and we will wrap things up in our next segment. Um, Again, I know you told them last week, but tell the people where they can find you and follow you. T-Jizzle 8. T-G-I-Z-Z-L-E-8. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Follow. You'll do y'all some good to learn some knowledge. Yes. But okay, you have a wonderful night. And again, those of you still listening, um, just brief intermission and we will move into um, our closing thoughts. Good evening, and welcome to our second segment here on the toss. Um, we have our guest Daniel joining me on the yeah. toss. How are you? I am doing pretty good. Yourself? I'm all right. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, but um, yes. So there's a lot to talk about. A lot, a lot to talk about. So yes, um, our focus. Tonight is yesterday's final between Serena and Naomi. We already had our first breakdown by Quasi in our first segment. So now we want to hear from you. So, 
top to bottom, what were your takeaways? I from just the final. Yes, just the final. This okay, is a top so, final. Yes. <laughs> well, it was it was a mess. It was an entire mess from Serena playing poorly. Um, I mean, kudos to Naomi. I think she played a great match. I think she served well. I think she moved well. And she probably probably played the best match she played, in my opinion, all tournament. She made how many errors? Very few. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, they always try. They always try Serena at the U.S. Open. It's all, almost expected. So I'm not too shocked. And I'm already, to be honest, I'm already over it. But, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, Patrick was the catalyst for, for all of this stuff happening. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yes, um, I'll just say it's not a coincidence that Serena is the face of controversy for the fourth time at the U.S. Open, and I'll leave that at that. But you brought up a good point in Patrick because I completely agree with that statement. So why? What? What about his performance? Crazy to think that he even had a performance, but well, not crazy. We know that. <laughs> well, very true. Very true. What about his, uh, you know, theatrics, I guess, can you say added to what happened on court with Serena? I mean, it created, it created the situation. Serena doesn't get on coach, like on, on court coaching. She doesn't get coaching. So I don't understand why he felt the need to do those hand gestures when she, one, doesn't want it. She probably didn't see you. She won't listen to you. She's going to figure it out or try to figure it out on her own. So I don't understand why he felt the need to, you know, inject his his coaching abilities, I guess, in that final when she, she didn't need it. And it created this mess, you know, it created Osaka crying, it created Serena crying, it created, you know, a lot of focus going away from Osaka playing a great match and or even Serena trying to make a comeback in that second set. It took away from all of that and now we have the story of, okay, now on-court on coaching or Serena's cheating or whatever whatever the stories are outside of the actual tennis. Indeed. Um, you know, I've, I've, me personally, I've never been a fan of his. Um, you know, he doesn't sit well with me, but, you know, it just, it just really was showcased yesterday and everything that he did, how mm-hmm. he's just, he's a clown. He, he's truly a clown to me. And um, regardless of the results that he's brought to her team, you know, at what cost? And uh, the issue is, you know, he can do these things and get away with it. But see, Serena is the one who has to answer for it. Now, she has to answer for his, excuse me, his theatrics. Now, literally, she had just went up to Carlos Ramos and told him, you know, I don't cheat. I don't do that. And then two minutes later, you on air with ESPN <laughs> saying, well, of course I was doing it because everybody does. <laughs> I'm like, huh? And do you know how <laughs> it made her look really, you made her look like a liar. And see, that's my he really, Yeah, that did make Serena look like a liar. Granted, and she was truthful. She didn't see him. She wasn't receiving any coaching. But that still doesn't, you know, negate the fact that he was up there doing what he was doing. You know, right. but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's unfortunately it does fall on her, her shoulders and he knows that. So I don't understand why 
he decided to, you know, basically act a fool out there and then go and start doing interviews when Serena's, you know, sitting there on court crying. You know, you're doing an interview when she's over here crying and upset instead of doing your coaching job to go console your player. You're out here giving takes and saying this and saying that. It's really, it shows, you know, what kind of person he is. And, and in my opinion, he has the same kind of personality as a Sharapova where they don't get told no. You know, they've never been told no, so they do whatever they want to do and they expect that, you know, we're just supposed to sit back and, you know, let them do that. Absolutely. They create their boundaries and we're supposed to live in the realms of those boundaries. But baby, the world does not revolve around you. And that is just the way life goes. So um, let's focus in more on the actual, you know, the actual um, tennis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tennis well, it's hard to. I know it's definitely hard to, but we'll, so, okay. Yes. For tennis wise, um, we'll talk Naomi first. For me, she played. I mean, she played the match you'd have to play against the greatest of all time to get the win. Um, she she served well. She she did everything that Naomi Osaka does well. She did well, and mm-hmm. that's that. On you know, I'm not gonna take away from that. And um, like I said in the previous segment, it's unfortunate that everything that happened will always overshadow this result for her. Yep. But she really did earn it. Um, you know, having to beat Serena to win a Grand Slam is an accomplishment, um, especially in a final. Uh, so, you know, like I said, again, kudos to Naomi. You did your thing. We're proud of you for that. Nobody is taking that away from you. Um, Serena, tennis-wise, now this is um, her second Grand Slam loss this year. Um, what do you think is, I guess, now that the slams are done for the year, from these two Grand Slam losses, what do you, what, what do you, I guess, where do you see Serena now? Why, why do you feel like she's had these letdowns in these um, two, well, these, these past two Grand Slam finals? To be honest, you actually tweeted something that I, I thought was really interesting. You said something about her um, not being well, like mentally, and she's not in a good mental space or emotional space. And, and like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, that like, of course, of course not. She's, you know, discussed, you know, with the public, her, um, you know, postpartum, you know, emotions and struggle and and just dealing with not feeling like she's doing, you know, a good enough job with her daughter. So I feel like we're not, you know, we're not giving her enough room to actually, you know, experience those emotions and actually pairing that with the emotions of trying to, you know, create history and trying to, you know, catch Margaret and, and pass Margaret. Like we, we aren't really giving her, you know, enough, enough grace, I guess, because I personally, I can't, I can't imagine what she's going through while competing and also dealing with those emotions and dealing with, you know, basically depression and, and doing that on court. Like, per, like personally, I know that can destroy your game on court dealing with something, you know, emotional like that so I think it's it's nothing but positives to be honest coming from it I think she does have to find a way to deal with the emotions and and you know actually channel it into actually producing good tennis in these finals because she's doing everything right leading up to it it's just that last hurdle she's you know she's struggling a bit absolutely um you know and I know that you're a, you are a long-time fan of the game, so you understand 
how this works. <laughs> um, she, yeah, it's, it's it's all mental. I don't think the tennis is never really an issue. Again, she's been doing this pretty much all her life. Mm-hmm. You know, X's and O's will be the X and O's. The serves, the forehands, the backhands, volleys, overheads, drops, whatever, whatever shot. That will come. We know she, she can do it. We, there's no doubt about that. It's just, you know, can, can, you know, does she feel like she can do it? And now I think she feels like she has to be playing for her daughter. She has to be playing for her husband. She has to be playing for, you know, the Williams family. She's, you know, moms. Out for the fans. Yeah. Um, mom, Women. Like, she, she's putting the pressure on herself, to be honest. Ex- yes. Yes. But it's a pressure that she doesn't have to. It, it doesn't. You don't have to do this for anybody but yourself. And see, when I heard her and her Wimbledon acceptance speech say, you know, this one, you know, I knew that she wasn't thinking about, you know, for Serena. It was for everybody else. And I want her to really understand. It's time to hone in on you. You know, you're you're a mom, and that's you know, that's a beautiful thing for you, but. This is your career, you know. It was not to sound away, but it was here before Olympia. It was here before Alexis. So you know, this is this is for you. It's for nobody else, and you don't have to perform for, and you don't have to perform for anybody, any of us. That's not necessary. Uh-huh. You just have to do your thing out there, and we know when you're in full flight, there's no man or woman greater on the court, and that, those are just the facts. Yep. So I just want her to really, you know, hone in on that. Hopefully, she can. Um, you know, the pressures don't help. I know a lot of people were saying, you know, there are a lot of celebrities there. You know, this, you know, it was a big moment. There's a big. There are always. Uh, I mean, that's a always thing. There are always celebrities there. Her boss is always full with with famous people. That's not a like I saw tweets like that also. And I, I don't think that's an issue. Me neither. I mean, it's the U.S. Open. So, I mean, it's New York City. So people are always going to be there like that's <laughs> you're going to, you know, it's the same if you were to go to L.A. You're just famous people are always going to be there. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just the way the world spins. Um, she she just like you to the point. She just has to calm down. It's not you know she'll be fine. It was this is the same kind of energy she had when she was struggling to get to eighteen. I think the saving grace in this regard is that she um, you know eighteen was she wasn't playing like the tennis was all over the place in 18 mentally she was too but the tennis was was not good prior to winning that US Open and so this time you know she's there she's she's putting herself in those positions to win she's giving herself those opportunities and that's how i know it's not the tennis so much but more again what you touched to the mental aspect and the pressure yeah. that she's putting on herself and um i mean unfortunately she's had some while she has had multiple six <laughs> Um, tremendous victories in New York. She's also had some nightmare, just some truly traumatic situations happen to her in New York. And, um, you know, I have thoughts on this, you know, how everything, how everything played out, which I'll talk about at the end of the show. But, um, you know, it's something New York is just, like I said, there's no coincidence that this is the fourth time that she is the face of controversy. And at some point, we just have to say uh, enough is enough. The U.S. Open, basically. Yes, yes. And it only, <laughs> you know, and, and it's always the U.S. Open. And, but again, that's that's not a coincidence. There's, it's there's... always the U.S. Open. And some people will try to say, oh, it's Serena. She's dramatic. She, you know, she creates these situations and whatnot. But if you think about it, it's always the U.S. Open. Like, it's always them. And it's not her creating the situation. I mean, 
calling an umpire a thief because he stole a point from you, which he actually did, is that's ridiculous that he felt, you know, that defensive and felt that attack that he had to dock a game because she called him a thief. That's that's crazy to me. That's that's crazy to me. I won't understand it. Um, but again, like I said, it is what it is. But I just want Serena to talk to someone, figure out why, like why she's so stressed in these moments, figure out where her fears are, you know, originating and where they're coming from, the source of them. Because if if it's losing, I mean, that has happened already. It happened twice. You know, there are bigger, you know, bigger things, you know, there are bigger fears. Like there's nothing that comes from a loss. You've got, you've gotten through it, you know, you've come back stronger. What is the fear of losing? Why, why do you fear losing or, or why are you struggling so much to deal with the pressure that you're, you know, you're putting on yourself. So I just want her to talk to someone, try to figure out good ways, you know, to cope and get through it because what she's doing now is, it's not working. Yeah. And it's, it's doing her more harm than good. And, ultimately is lingering and you we know if you know anything about serena williams you know she is the epitome of a competitor and no i don't think anybody living hates to lose more than that woman right there and um for these for these slam losses to happen back to back you know that's it's not i know that she's not in the best place but um you know we've seen this script before this isn't our first time at the rodeo i know you know this is new to a lot of these casual fans but this is old news to the <laughs> for the ogs who've been there this is our fourth time in the rodeo we know what it is so don't try to you know set, spare us your think pieces we're not interested but um you know she will overcome and if also anything we know about her losses just feel the fire, and now that this loss has controversy surrounding it too, mm-hmm. I'm you know every y'all girls are on notice. Good luck, like I'm telling you, she's still <laughs> and she's still not even at the best of her. But that's the thing; she's still scraping to these finals. At for me, I would say if I had to grade her tennis, I would give her a a B a B minus. I really would, and I'm critical for because I'm entire, for the entire tournament or the final. Um, her entire t- tennis. I guess I'll just say her tennis throughout the entire through the seven matches. I will give her whole her tennis as a whole a B minus. How about you? What do you, what do you think? I, she I would, yeah, I would give it a B minus. I would give it a B. I think she she played well. Um, outside of that final, she played well, even against Kanefi, someone who was like just blasting every ball. She um she fought through that. She she stayed composed. I thought she played well throughout the entire tournament outside of the final and even in the final I felt like she if the longer the match went the more her chances were to win in my opinion so the fact that you know certain things happened that kind of shifted shifted her emotional state within that match kind of it's a bit disappointing because she didn't even give you know Osaka a moment like they didn't give Osaka a moment to start you know start feeling that Mm. pressure not, not right, right, exactly, and um, you know, it, it is what it is. We've now we've seen her lose. I guess the thing is, I'm just, I you know, typically the pattern would be her getting to the final. I was more worried, but when she got to the final, I was just like, yep, you know, <laughs> pretty much mm-hmm. just, okay. You know, well, we can chalk this to the to the win column. Another another trophy to go on the floor of her bedroom and. <laughs> You know, we can keep it moving. But, um, 
Yeah, it's been a struggle, but like I said, we've seen this before. Um, I mean, she's coming back from a deathbed, a, a giving birth to a child. So many things that she wasn't dealing with before that um, mm-hmm. you know, have been talked about. But again, amidst controversy, of course, all those factors go out the window. Um, but she'll, she'll be, she will be fine. I have no doubt. Yeah. Again, yeah. my thing with Serena, it's never a matter of if, just a matter of when. So she'll pass Margaret. Um, you know, she'll, uh, Australia is her best lamb, in my opinion. Um, so I think she'll be ready to go down there. Having coming off the heels of two slam losses, the motivation should should be higher than ever after the you know the discrimination as she cited. That should be the motivating. So everything's working for her now. I think everything yeah. the motivation is there. The hunger she hasn't won in a while. Um, she's aware of what's being said about her, so I think you know. I think I think she, she'll she'll be fine. She will be fine. She will overcome as she always does, and it'll just catapult her into another level of tennis that we have yet to see. Question: Answer. What about what about Vesnina? Yeah. <laughs> um. Now you know you know like I said um. English isn't her first language. Twitter will have something to say. Then she um, she wrote that tweet in her mother tongue, didn't she? Um, she wrote it in Russian. Um, I you know I did the translate like I'm sure most of us. Did. I don't speak Russian. Yep. Shout out to you if you do. <laughs> I know actually a few phrases, but I don't speak Russian. But um, from the loose translation that I saw, it was just you know this is a theme again with with Vesnina. You know her in her regard. The same thing when the, um, you know, the hackers had leaked the um, exemptions that Venus and Serena had got, you know, her and Macarova jumped on that TV show and they had everything to say, you know, but, but, but in that same breath, you're so supportive of Maria, you know, <laughs> so when you, you know, again, you just have to be consistent. You have to be fair. And it's, I'm just like, girl, your bias is showing like, again, if you don't like her, you don't like her. And it's just yeah. clear that she, she personally doesn't like Serena and that's fine you don't have to but don't act like you know what I mean don't yeah don't, like you're like being that. yeah stand in it Serena ha- something something has happened in the locker room or behind the scenes because every time Serena plays Vesnina if you like there was some match I want to say it might have been Beijing or it might have been like it might have been it was one of those fast hardcores that she played Vesnina and Serena was leading the match but she was like acting crazy as hell like she was screaming and shouting come on like it was it's like over the top serena and i'm like she must really not like vesnina and now that like vesnina a few times has you know input her wrong opinion into into topics concerning serena now it seems like okay there's something something going on there's some bad blood somewhere that happened behind the scenes because there's no way you know, it just something seems weird to me with with them too. Yeah, there's definitely you know, and that's another factor. We never know what really goes on in these locker rooms. We get every now and then somebody will you know slip up and say a few things. I think it, there is a there's a uh, consensus amongst the players that kind of what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room, and I can respect that. I get it. Yeah, but uh, sheriff over. <laughs> case in point, <laughs> but um, you know. It, you know, if you don't like her, you don't like her, but just stand in it. So, but I'm, you know, Serena, one thing she's aware. So, you know, when they see each other again, um, she's gonna get the business. <laughs> she's gonna get the business, right? It is what it is, but that's just how it goes. So, um, 
Shout out to you, Vesnina. Rumor is she's pregnant. That's what I was reading on the Russian blogs. So, <laughs> or excuse me, translate. The Russian blogs. <laughs> yeah, I'll be all up in there. I need to know everybody's business. So, I'll be up through. <laughs> so, that's what they're saying. The rumor is she's pregnant. So, she is. Congrats to you. That's a beautiful thing. And, um, you know, we'll see you. We'll see you when you come back, I suppose. But, um, yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to clarify or clear up as we wrap this no, up? No. Well, I mean, I guess I'll just say again, you know, congrats to Naomi playing a great match. Um, men- like mentally, she did a great job. I didn't think she would hold it together that well because I thought, you know, I thought she was kind of crazy. I still think she's kind of crazy. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, kudos to her. I should have, you know, I should have known, you know, you don't have an idol like Serena without taking a few, you know, taking a few traits from them. So I, I appreciate what she did on court. And um, as far as Serena, I think 2019 is going to be a good year for her. And I think it might be the last. I mean, I think 2020 will for sure be the last, but she might call it quiz after if she reaches or passes season. Yeah. Um, we're definitely in the twilight years for her. Um, I don't see her playing beyond 2020, personally speaking. Um, I I also don't see her. I think her and Venus are going to retire at the same time. I I firmly agree that. And I think it's going to be a doubles match. And I think if they win the Olympic gold in Tokyo, that because of, especially because of what happened at the U.S. Open, I can see them easily just calling it a career over there on that podium as they win that gold medal. I can really (laughs) see it. I can see it. They they love those gold medals. They do more than and if you it really more than yes, and it's very and they've said it before, and I guess maybe we don't want to believe it, but looking back, it truly is true. Like they'll they that doubles game, which is scratchy these days, but they get it together <laughs> for these Olympics. So um, I, I do believe that they'll call it quits at, after twenty twenty Tokyo. I think that'll be that last event, but that's just me. I don't, yeah. But you know, I mean, but Serena said something that I thought was. I think it needed more, you know, more attention after the match, I guess, against Venus. She was like, she's the only reason I'm still out here. And I thought when she said that, I was like, oh, like that's a that's a big statement. I don't think she was just talking. It might have been somewhat of a slip. But when Venus calls it quiz, Serena's calling it quiz. I truthfully, wholeheartedly believe that. I agree. I absolutely agree. They were right out until they came in together pretty much for the most part. And at this point, they're going to ride out together. So mm-hmm. that is that on that. But, um, yes, I thank you for your time. Um, <laughs> you know, I know things. <laughs> <laughs> we've had moments of sorts, but, I, you know, it's all good. I'm, it's I, all good. It's always all I good. Say, I stand in what I say. Um, what. Exactly. Same here. We we pretty much we we know what we get with each other. So yes, it's, it's, not, you know, it's nothing big. And of course, you know we we've grown up a bit. Yeah. So um, growth and like you said, oh, go ahead. you know you have me on just talking. You know, so I appreciate that. Yes, and I appreciate you for coming. So last, you know, pretty much last minute notice. Um, I know it's hard to talk about these things. Like you know, the hangovers from these. Right. Months. Be really, yeah. So I appreciate you for putting yourself in that position. And like I said, um, or like you referenced, <laughs> our little Tammy and Evelyn thing that we had going on. It. <laughs> it's cool, but like I said, we, you know, it's uh, I'm like you said, we grow now. It's, it's cool. We have moments, but 
I move on from things I don't linger. So, and case in point, here we are on the toss. So, I thank you for your time, and um, I hope you guys will join me for the next segment coming after our brief intermission. And um, do you want to shout out to people, um, your social media, anything that they want to follow you? Um, I mean, well, Mr. Prodigy five five five. Um, also, shout out to Donnell. For just being, you know, a bastard. And that's that's pretty much it. (laughs) Yikes. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's that on that. All right, but Uh, thank you. And um, all right, guys, intermission coming soon. And our next segment will be on shortly. Welcome to our final segment of the toss. And um, in this segment, the guest is me. Because I want to talk to y'all, okay? Let's talk about just a few things in closing that are on my mind. Um, First of all, shout out to Quasi, Daniel, and Ty for, um, again, being able to call in, making themselves available. I appreciate you for that. Um, I didn't get a chance to shout out um, Quasi's social media but on twitter he is at junior quasi j-u-n-i-o-r-k-w-a-s-i so give him a follow as well as um daniel and ty um yeah this basically you know i have some thoughts myself they may not be the most popular but these are just my thoughts um and that's why they're special because they are indeed mine um Again, congrats to Naomi. She played a hell of a match. Again, she 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 was a champion from start to finish, and she was ready for the occasion. She did not let the occasion become bigger than her. She controlled the narrative. She controlled the match. Congrats, girl. Let this propel you. Um, you don't have to win every single match after winning this U.S. Open. You're allowed to lose. You're allowed to deal with the pressure. You're allowed to struggle. You 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 are allowed. You are enough. You are valuable. You're worthy. Congratulations. Super proud of you. Um, Serena, you know, proud of you too. I mean, there's nothing to prove anymore. Um, you know, she, you're chasing history, but his, you know, history is really chasing you if we're being if we're being clear. Um, you you've exceeded expectations. It's it's ludicrous that you even have to get to Margaret Court numbers to be considered the greatest of all time when Margaret Court didn't exist when you were sitting at 12 slams. It was just about Chrissy and Martina and Steffi. But again, we, we all who have been here before know how that goes. So no shock to us. So um, continue doing your thing, Serena. Um, now, my takeaways from the match, really, um, since I'm on the... Um, topic of Serena, I'll tell off of that. Um, I was, I was, I was surprised at how everything derailed her in a sense. Um, and let's let's be clear here. I am not saying she didn't have a right to be upset, angry, agitated, discouraged, disappointed, set up. Any, I, I, I'm not. She has every right, and she was valid in every single one of those emotions that she felt. I'm saying. I, in a Grand Slam final, when she's been here before, she knew what it was and she understood She understood immediately what was happening and she, she had to speak up, but I'm just kind of surprised at 
her response to it, the emotional breakdown that she had because she's been, she's, she's, she's conquered so much and that might be my own bias and that's, that may be where I need to check myself because I look at her as this invincible super, you know, super saiyan <laughs> of sorts. Um, but she, but she, the person think what I saw out there was a person having a breakdown and that is what made it uncomfortable for me. Again, like I said, in my 18 years, I've never, as a fan, I've never seen her break down like that on the court. We've seen Serena cry after matches and things of that nature, but I can't rem ever remember a time of her crying on the court when, like, it wasn't injury related. You know, when it was a bat, but when it was a call like this, she usually just kind of, you know, is able to get through the match and then say her piece. But to see her break down like that on the court, that wasn't that was not normal that wasn't okay she's not okay and um as daniel had referenced in his segment um she she i think she really is dealing with that um ptsd um she she really feels she lives for olympia and you can see that through and through and so when she loses she feels like she's letting olympia down and i can i can feel that she, and it's telling off that i think she feels like she's letting alexis down she's letting her family down she's letting her fans down and that's not the case that is not the case at all and i know i'm pretty confident i can speak for those of us who've been here who have been here that that is not the case so um I just want her to get well. It, you know, it wasn't about tennis so much yesterday. And even through controversy, I just saw a vulnerable human being in Serena. And um, it really didn't even feel like Serena out there. I felt like I was watching somebody else. It didn't feel like Serena Williams in a Grand Slam final. She just felt so unsettled from beginning to end. She never really found her footing. So, um, you know, there could be some things. Again, we only know so much. But these are just, again, my observations from what I've seen as an 18-year fan of the game and of Serena Williams. Um, Patrick uh, Moritoglu, um, I said this multiple times and I will continue to say it. I don't like him. I don't trust him. I find him to be a manipulator. I find him to be calculating. Um, he never missed an opportunity to be on camera to be seen, to be heard, to be in a promo. He was doing ESPN promos, I saw, like the players do. We've never seen a coach like this before who has just been so mainstream but wants to be seen. It, the, the, the desperation to be seen is just starting to be nauseating. If Serena is not playing, you, you don't need to be up in the booth talking about her, talking about this, talking about other matches, talking about other opponents. But see, what he's doing is really riding the coattails, and he's trying to set up this career after Serena because we all know the time is coming where, the, you know, Serena is Serena and Venus are getting ready to say goodbye to this. I don't think, I think we all can agree on that. Um, he he's He's using her again as a springboard into his life after tennis. He's going to need, you know, an, an, another another pupil of sorts. He's going to need another outlet in case he doesn't get another pupil of sorts and in case, you know, he wants to do commentary. But he's setting up the foundation for his career after at her expense. Um, for her to, you know, she went up there and told Carlos, I am not receiving coaching. I don't appreciate that. I've never done that. I'd rather lose than to cheat. 
Um, and then not even two minutes later, he's on camera with Pam Shriver saying, well, of, of course I was coaching her. And Sasha was too, just like everybody else does. But, I mean, you... <laughs> but let's be clear, you were coaching, but she wasn't necessarily receiving. It was clear that she wasn't looking at you and receiving any kind of the co- he when he did the thumbs up, she made that contact and she acknowledged that. But the signals that he was making, like I know he had um signaled to hit down the middle, I think in that final game or one of the final games of the match, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't checking him for that and she wasn't looking up there to necessarily receive coaching. He brought that on her and now she has to answer for it because of his poor actions his career and everything will still be intact but now she's being painted as a as a liar as a sore loser as a cheater because of the actions of him he's so desperate to win that he was willing to put her on the line because he wanted to win so bad and he like he said in his interview he didn't expect uh, excuse me Naomi to be playing so well and i don't think Serena did and as as we've been referencing on that i don't think any of us expected her to be playing as well as she did in her first grand slam final against whom she has claimed a person whom she's claimed to be her personal idol so um i think there was a lot going on um i think now I, you know since we want to talk about Serena can we maybe talk about Patrick's coaching? Is it really up to par? You know, you, you, you're getting her, tactically speaking, the X's and O's are there. But I don't know if you all remember, but when she got to 18 in um, 2014, she had referenced that after Wimbledon, she had went, I believe, to Croatia with Sasha, where he's from. And he had just took her away, whisked her away. They had a great, you know, a great time off from tennis. She just had a good time, and she just kind of got back to Serena, not so much the tennis player, but Serena, the the individual, the girl from Compton, his one of his best friends, and she needed that. I'm not sure if Patrick can offer her that, and it's the same kind of storm that it was at 18 that it is now is trying to get to 24, and is that it's just a mental breakthrough. It's not about the tennis; it is purely mental, and she needs somebody just to pull her out of that. But Patrick doesn't have the capacity to do that because. He doesn't care about Serena, the person. He cares about Serena, the champion, that's adding to his academy, that's creating, you know, this this buzz for him as super coach and is allowing him to have these ESPN promos, allowing him to be a commentator on certain matches. He's he's concerned about his own career, and it's just so clear. And um, you know, y'all, you know, people say, you know, he's definitely brought her these grand slam titles. We can't take that away, but at what cost? And at what point do, do we say enough is enough? You know, she is not, you have to remember, sir, you work for her. She does not work for you. Play your role and stay in your lane. You have overstepped your boundaries. And this U.S. Open has really, you know, this particular final actually pulled your card. Now, I didn't peep what I peeped and seen what I seen. I stand in what I have been saying. I don't like him. I don't trust him. I don't rock with him. So, um, you know, y'all have every right to, uh, we all have every right to think how we think. But um, as far as I'm concerned, Patrick is not somebody who, um, he makes me very uncomfortable. And um, I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, Mr. Ramos, um, I think where you dropped the ball again was your lack of discretion. Um, This is a grand slam final at the highest level, like I referenced in um, 
some of the earlier segments, you you just you just can't make that call. You can we don't have a problem with the code violations for the racket abuse. Um, that's fine. The coaching that's a slippery slope because was she receiving coaching? You know that you that you ooh, it's just too um, subjective. You know, but that's the problem with tennis. There's just so much gray. There's just too many gray areas. We need to start really defining things and having clear definitions of this is rule one two three if you break rule one two or three these are the sanctions that will be imposed because of you breaking said rules there's just too much there's too much gray and it gives you the sense that they can really again if they feel slighted or if they're having a bad day speaking of an umpire that they can just you know all of a sudden decide to be this stickler for the rules we're not debating that you should that you shouldn't enforce rules but now I just kind of feel like if you're going to do this, if because of what you did with her, I need to see the same precedent in every single Grand Slam match that you call from here on out, uh, Mr. Ramos. You 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 have to, especially because you called it in the Grand Slam final. You absolutely must use the same precedent in every last Grand Slam match that you call. You just have to. You absolutely have to. So, um, you know. He dropped the ball there. Um, it is what it is. You know, um, that's that on him. Um, another thing that we didn't get to really talk about that I noticed was um, why are the referees always being called, but they never overturn calls? I'm starting to really notice that as a theme, too. Players say, I'm calling the referee. They have these conversations. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but in a match that I've seen, I've never seen a referee overturn a call that a lines person or a chair um, umpire has made. So I'm just starting to see, like, what's the point of these referees if they're never going to be willing to say, hey, this was, you know, this was not a good call, so we're gonna we're gonna replay this point. We're gonna take this over. We're gonna erase that sanction because of this, of of this, you know, because of these reasons. Um, you know, they just they're constantly being caught out there, but nothing ever changes. So, I'm you know I'm just curious as to what role they really serve on the tour. Um, we have. This is me talking to tennis fans in general, um, not just Serena fans, but tennis fans in general. We have a responsibility of sorts to do our part for the sport which we all love. Um, we're all, you know, tennis Twitter is all of us is a thing because of people coming together simply because they love tennis. It doesn't matter who you love. We all love the sport. And that's why we're so active on Twitter. And being able to engage with you all is a pleasure. And I mean that um, sometimes it can be frustrating, but more often than not, it's very rewarding. Um, we have the floodgates have been open for casual fans to come in and give think pieces, give their opinions, spread false narratives, spread um, things that just aren't true within the, the, the broader community outside of tennis Twitter, which which is why everybody now has an opinion. Um, Serena, the U.S. Open tennis is a trending topic. It's 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 the hot thing to talk about right now. It's cute to talk about right now. So people are trying to get their retweets, trying to get their likes, trying to get their follows off of the backs of controversy, controversy. Excuse me, but their reporting is is irresponsible. If you don't know what you're talking about, hush. Stop doing that. 
we you can come in the sport if you, if you like tennis and you're just getting hip to it. I don't have a problem with you being late to the sport. That doesn't bother me. My issue is when you come in loud and wrong and saying things that are just not right. Wrong. Don't don't do not be so desperate for support of your faith that you just allow people to say anything that will just make Serena look better. Let's, you know, let's, let's, and I'm speaking Serena because this particular example is about Serena. Let's not do that. Call them, be like, hey, you know, we appreciate you, you know, I, and I, I do, I appreciate people speaking up for her, but if you're going to do it, do it right and be consistent about it and educate yourself on the rules, on your history, and don't just be out here tweeting again for retweets and likes that's not cool it lowers the brand of the sport and it's insulting to the people journalists um and us who really you know follow this thing and who who do it right it's it's you know it's it's insulting it is it there's it's insulting (laughs) and i'll just leave i'm i'm insulted i'll speak on my behalf i am insulted and i don't appreciate it um and, you know, that's that's that on that. Um, I just want you guys to really understand what's happening. At the top of this tournament, I felt very uncomfortable with the U.S. Open when, you know, first kind of small red flag was when they changed Serena C because 25 to 17 really it was kind of a pointless seed change. I mean, I feel like if you're going to change her from 25, you might as well throw her in the top 10, but to just move her to 17, I was kind of like she pretty much should have stayed at 25, I So, um, you know, I think we have to understand that the establishment is moving and something about this U.S. Open, as I had said before, just didn't feel authentic. It did not feel right. And it was pretty much um, cluttered with controversy pretty much every other day of the fortnight. Um, I mean, there was just always something. And it, it was it was a circus in a lot of sense. Um, you know, the whole tournament was just ratchet i'm gonna say yeah that's the word it was ratchet (laughs) a lot of ratchet stuff was going on but um you know we (sighs) we i don't know you know i'm still and i'm still as i'm talking to you all now i'm still processing it myself but um i do know that something was just not right in this tournament. Um, I'm not sure what conversations are being had behind the scenes, but I'm sure the USA is going to look back on this when they do some kind of review and just say, yeah, this was not our best go around. Um, we have some things that we need to fine tune and address. And I just hope, um, unfortunately, Serena has had to be made the example of a lot of these changes, but you know, the changes have been miraculous for the sport. Um, you know, the the challenge system was pretty much inspired by Serena and that's been one of the one of my favorite innovations to date um 
now we have these, you know, these penalties and things, um, the sanctions that are imposed during the match and after the match. You know, those are going to be reviewed now because they should be. And um, again, unfortunate that she has to be the face of it, but she also is the face of change and continuing to transcend the sport as her and her sister have done since the day they stepped on the court. So um, shout out to Serena. Um, We love you. I love you. Um, You have our support. You are enough. Whether you win another match or not, you are the greatest player to ever play this game. And anyone who says otherwise, simply just, you know, they they don't like, they have a, they just have a problem with you. And it, that has nothing to do with you. Your accomplishments speak for yourselves, excuse me, for themselves. So um, that's that on that. Um, so, yeah, those are just my brief thoughts. Um, and... That's where I stand. So um, I like to say again, thank you to Quasi Daniel and Ty for their time and their thoughts. Um, thank you to all the listeners who have supported and um, you know really been helping me push this thing along. Um, I love talking to you guys I, and girls. <laughs> I love hearing you. I love hearing your thoughts, um, and I just look forward to continuing to you know to delivering um a product to you all that is that is a quality product and um again i appreciate you all from wherever you are listening from whatever time of day it is i thank you for making me a part of your day um i really just like i said i'm just super grateful that i'm able to talk about something that i love with um other people who love it um just as much as i do so um i thank you thank you guys so much for that but um, it's about that time to wind down and um, get ready for a work week for many of us tomorrow. So this has been yet another episode of the toss, and um, I look, I look forward to our next go around. So you all have a great night, and thank you for listening. <laughs>